Which players do we think are going to bounce back this 2024 season? You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So, sort of a different episode. We got a uh, third person here with us today. Justin Powers, our friend, Blue Jays fan, uh, is going to be subbing in for some of us when, you know, whatever. Something comes up and, you know, we might need somebody to replace one of us for a day or something like that. So we just thought we'd get him in before spring training really gets going, get some of his thoughts and sort of get him acquainted to the whole system. Yeah, he's coming in. He's coming in live from the Rogers Center, actually, believe it or not. So that's a a first sneak peek. Maybe you got some renovations uh, going on behind you, Jap? Uh, Yeah, I can't uh, fully disclose anything yet, but uh, if you look closely, you might be able to see a few upgrades. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say, are you, uh, did did you book one of the suites up there? Oh. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't quite make enough to book one of those. But oh, he's got access. Have me on a few more right times. Now. That's have right, me on yeah. a few more times. Maybe I can get a little extra. That's right. We're paying you in beers, so uh, I hope I hope you can transfer those to money somehow. But um, yeah, as we get sure, into today's, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, as we get into today's episode, we want to talk about which players we think are going to rebound, break out, bounce back, whatever you want to say. Um, because there are there are a lot of contenders of who will be you know the best rebound player or breakout player because a lot of guys didn't have the best season this year. Carter, I'm going to throw it to you first for your first um, we'll say uh, pick for rebound breakout player. Okay, so my first pick is more of a bounce back. He didn't have a great year last season. Usually known for hitting more home runs, not having the greatest average, but is an absolute stud in the outfield, and that is Dalton Varsho. Obviously, he should have been a gold glover last year, was not, led the league in defensive runs saved, just absolutely got screwed over, to say the least, got snubbed of another gold glove for him. But I think that is because he was playing all over the diamond, played a lot of center field, left field, a little bit of right field. He didn't get to see him catch at all, which is probably a good thing. If we had to see Dalton Marshall catch, we would be in a lot of trouble. So I'm just going to go over his stats from last season. He played 158 games, hit 220 with 20 home runs, 61 RBIs. 16 stolen bases. That was a little bit of a new thing for the Blue Jays this season. A 2.1 war and an OPS of 674. Uh, Dalton Varsho is not really known for his hitting too much. It was mostly just as a defender. As the Blue Jays in 2023, their biggest thing was we need defense. And we got our defense, but we sacrificed all of our offensive production to get that defense. Uh, with Dalton Varsho, the reason I have him is bouncing back is because his hard hit percentage was down last season. He only barreled up 29 balls. Uh, he had the second lowest barrel percentage of his career. And then he had the best max e- exit velocity of his career. Launch angle was six degrees higher. So he was hitting the ball in the air more. Hopefully, like we were hoping that was going to translate to more home runs. Obviously, it didn't happen. And then we've had a ton of reports this offseason that uh, Guillermo, Guillermo Martinez and Hunter Mentz came to his hometown in Wisconsin to help him kind of on his baseball grind. Really tried to uh, get back in uh, the batting cage and get better at his hitting. Did struggle a little bit last season. It was up and down like all of the Blue Jays players are. And his projections, I actually have it on zips. And if he can even get close to these projections, I'm going to be loving it. 
because this guy's probably going to hit seven or eight in our lineup most of the time, maybe even get a little bit up that nine. But his projections were 27 home runs, 85 RBIs, 241 average, a weighted runs created plus of 107, and an OPS of 759. And that would be unbelievable for a hitter at the bottom of our lineup. Yeah, I, I, I would sort of think that that is a little bit high for a Dalton Varsho projections, but maybe they have him just like we do as a bounce back player. I don't know if he's going to bounce back that hard. Um, you know, he might have to get some rubber shoes to be able to bounce that high, but uh, you never know. Justin, what do you think about uh, Dalton Varsho? Dalton Varsho, thank you. Hey. Yeah, thanks, brain fart. Uh, well, I guess. Uh... With Varsho, um, I guess kind of comparing the last year, obviously his first year as a Blue Jay after the uh, Moreno trade uh, or whatever. So I guess um, maybe it would have been nice for him to have the same kind of hitting stats as uh, Moreno had last year. But uh, you know what, if he can... If he can bounce back like uh, you think, Carter, I think that um, I think that uh, the Blue Jays will certainly benefit from uh, that trade. Uh, looking back, yeah, the biggest thing I want from Dalton Varsho is the home runs. I don't really care about his average. If he can hit thirty plus home runs, I'm going to be loving life as a Jays fan. Yeah, right. Just generating, generating more RBIs, generating more scoring. That's going to be a huge component for Dalton Varsho this season. Um, I'm going to take the next one. If uh, if you guys don't mind anyway, because I want to talk about a guy that we've talked probably to death about, but that is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as my first pick. Last year, he had a two war, 26 home runs, 94 RBI, 100 strikeouts, 264 batting average, a 444 slugging percentage and a 788 OPS. Now, talking about Vlad, like we've said to death, is that he has the potential for complete and utter greatness. He can be and probably should be one of the best players in the MLB. Granted, he wasn't last year. He had a big season in 2021, as, as everybody is well known. Um, coming into this season, he talked about wanting to be better, that needing to be better. And I think him being in shape and, and the work that obviously he looks like he put in in the offseason, even when we talked about changing the launch angle of his swing, um, it's going to help him greatly this season. And I can, I can see him. Uh, I think we did projections on him as well. But, you know, getting back closer to that 2021 season. Well, that's exactly what we need from Vladdy. He's supposed to be one of the best players on this team. And we need him to produce when it matters. He's clutch hitting. He seemed to ground into a ton of double plays last season, which made me want to pull my hair out as a Jays fan. Obviously, obviously George Springer did that as well. We just need guys, the big guys on our team, the superstars on our team to bounce back and have productive seasons. Because we say this all the time. And you guys have probably heard this a million times already, but it is true. If our superstar players don't play like superstar players, we're not going to go anywhere this offseason. For sure. Jap, any thoughts on Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Yeah, no, I think you guys kind of said it all. I mean, I think uh, Toronto Blue Jays fans know what Vladdy can do, what he can bring to the team. Um, you know, the last two years, for whatever reason, he kind of hasn't maybe seemed to have it but I mean if he can get back to form uh his 2021 form I think that uh yeah he could be one of the best players you know not only on the Jays but uh probably in the whole uh whole league I would say 
Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think, you know, he was my number one candidate. I think uh, we, we've we tossed around a few names this uh, offseason about, you know, will guys be able to bounce back? Can guys bounce back? Um, I know, Carter, you have one more. I also have one more, but I do want to get to Justin's here. Justin, who do you got as your breakout bounce back player of the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys are kind of talking about uh, superstar players. Um, and I guess for my former all-star player, uh, Santiago Espinal, I think, uh, we saw what he could do, um, yeah, uh, whatever, a season ago in 2022 named, uh, to the AL All-Star team. I think, uh, if you can kind of get back, uh, to the way he was playing that year, I think that, you know, uh, he could be a great addition to, uh, the Jays this, uh, this season. I think, um, you know, everyone kind of had a down year, I think we can say, last year including him obviously but you know I think that uh he's got a high ceiling so I hope that he can kind of get back to his all-star form and maybe get another nod now there's been talk around the league that uh, Santiago Espinal actually decided to play have a down year because his teammates were having a down year he's just such a team player he didn't want to be standing out on his own he wanted to ride with the boys maybe he just decided he didn't want to hit this year so I mean hopefully we can get a bounce back along with the rest of the Jays this season I mean, we've talked about Santiago Espinal quite a bit. Actually, last episode, we went over some of his stats. Uh, I'm going to bring those up back up again. He had a .5 war, 25 RBI, 36 strikeouts, two home runs, a batting average of 248, a slugging percentage of 335, and an OPS of, 66, of 644. Now, we've talked about him, you know, probably playing a little bit of second base, but being sort of a, a guy that's going to be switched in and out quite a bit. And I think... Uh, Espinal probably could have a, I, I think there's room for him to have a better year. Um, I don't, I, it would be, it would be very tough for me to see him being another all-star this season, but, uh, if, if, you know, somehow he can figure it out, uh, to somehow beat out, uh, Schneids and Biggio and, um, IKF, you know, I, I think he'd have to improve his hitting stats quite a bit his defense is not bad like I think uh, his defense gets overlooked quite a bit he's not a terrible terrible defender um, but if he can bring up the hitting stats I think that's going to help him hugely this season yeah I think you could say it's a kind of make it or break it year for Espinal I think if he doesn't have a good spring training he's not going to see a lot of playing time and he might actually get demoted to the minors or traded I don't really think there's a spot on this team if he doesn't perform so he's going to have to bring his A game to spring training this upcoming season for sure. We're going to uh, we're going to get into our last four here in the next uh, segment coming up. Uh, we've got some s- sort of interesting players. Probably there's one big one that we haven't gone over yet, um, and we're going to get right into that. Today's podcast sponsor is Backblaze. Backblaze makes it backing up your, and accessing your data astonishingly easy. Backblaze offers you unlimited cloud backups for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. You can easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin, and it protects all this data on on your machines automatically. Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. Access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using our web app or our iOS or Android apps. I know one time last year I broke my phone, completely smashed it like an idiot, uh, just fell out of my pocket onto the concrete. Not a good look for me. I didn't have backways and I have a ton of photos and contacts on my phone that I wanted to recover. And the process was a pain in the butt to say the least. It took me over a couple of weeks to get all this information back. I was kind of just going out without a phone for a long time. Just uh, cause I didn't have anyone to call, right. Didn't have anyone to text. So I'm just kind of sitting there like wondering, twiddling my thumbs thinking, what am I going to do? 
I would have had Backblaze. I would have had all that contacts and information available to me right away. So visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB to receive a fully featured no risk free trial. That's backblaze.com slash locked on MLB to start protecting yourself from uh, losing your backed up data. So as we get into sort of the second segment here, second go around, Carter, I want to throw it to you first of all, because uh, I want to sort of save mine for, for the last little bit here. Yeah, the second person I have is the pitcher. I think he he definitely got uh, a lot more scruff than he deserved last year, just because our bullpen was so good last season. And my guy is Yimmy Garcia. Yimmy Garcia's stats last season, he had 73 games pitched, 409 ERA, 66 innings pitched, 67 hits given up, a 10.77 Ks per nine, and then just over a two walks per nine. Uh, Yimmy Garcia had an interesting year. Uh, for me, personally, just from the eye test, Every time that Yumi Garcia came in, I was shaking on the couch. I was scared that this guy was going to give up a huge inning. I had not a lot of confidence in him. And maybe that is because we had pitchers like Jordan Romano, Jordan Hicks, Eric Swanson, Chad Green, just to name a few. So many good guys in this rotation that obviously should be pitching in higher leverage situations. But with Yumi Garcia, he had his highest innings pitched of his career. The most hits given up in his career. Gave up 18 more hits this year than any other year he's ever pitched which is kind of crazy. I mean, it's tough to be successful when you're allowing runners on all the time, unless you're Jordan Romano, then you just activate beast mode when that happens. Uh, he had the most games starting his career by 11. So a lot of big numbers for Yimmy Garcia, the most strikeouts of his career. So that's good to see lots of swing and miss stuff. One thing with Yimmy Garcia is that a lot of his expected stats were a lot lower than his actual stats. So for example, his ERA posted at a 409, his expected ERA was a 353. And then just going over some of his other stuff, his expecting batting average was 236. His actual one was 257. His fastball velo is in the top 80% of the league. Average exit velocity was in the top 87%. There's so many different stats this guy had that points to him being a good pitcher, but just maybe didn't get as lucky on the luck side of things. So one good thing about Yumi Garcia is our bullpen is so good. So we're not going to really need to use him in high leverage if we don't have to. There might be situations where our bullpen is depleted and you got to kind of throw guys in, whoever's available. But I would still be fairly confident with Yimmy Garcia going in. Hopefully he can have a good spring training and maybe restore some of the confidence for fans in him. So they have him projected on steamer, pitching 63 games, having a three six or 373 ERA with a 942 Ks per nine and a 271 walks per nine, which has his walks up significantly, which I'm surprised about. I don't think a command is really his issue. More so, it's him leaving pitches over the middle. So hopefully, Yimmy Garcia has been working out in the offseason. Obviously, he has. But hopefully, he has been progressing to fix the, some of the things that he was struggling with this past season. Yeah. And uh, the sort of the, the one thing weird with Yimmy Garcia is, I like, I remember two seasons ago, me and you talking about how high we were on Yimmy Garcia, how much we loved him, how much we thought he, you know, he's going to be a huge component in this Jays bullpen. Um and now we're sort of getting, giving him, he's not, I'm not saying he's like these two players, but he's giving the same treatment that we gave these two players in Tim Meza and um, uh, Trevor Richards. And where you're, you're sort of not talking about them unless they're not doing well. If they're doing their job, they're not getting that spotlight necessarily. And uh, it sort of reminds me of that in the sense that Trevor Richards and Tim Meza both came back beginning of the next season and played really well. And I think that could happen with Yimmy Garcia. And I think 
the other problem with him is that he's getting outshone by some of these guys that are proven MLB, really strong bullpen talents that this Blue Jays team has. Yeah, what, what do you have uh, on Yimmy Garcia, Jap? Do you see him bouncing back, or do you see him kind of like fumbling throughout the season? Um, I'm I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, I guess gonna, you know, one thing Carter that you had mentioned, um, kind of getting into his analytics stats. Um, I'm not super familiar with like how baseball analytics stats work, but uh, you had mentioned that his expected ERA was like 3.5 and his actual ERA was 4.09 yeah so like what kind of contributes to that like is that just like guys making errors um Uh, leading to an actual like ERA higher than what his expected ERA is kind of it's sort of just like luck based as well like I mean two years ago George Springer had a bunch of bloop singles in a game so something like that would kind of go against his hard hit percentage would attribute to that like, for example, Vladdy had a top five hard hit percentage in the league, but obviously his average did not replicate the uh, how he was barreling up balls. So little things like that. It's a lot of like luck that goes into it. It kind of takes the luck out of everything and just goes over his actual performance. Right. Yeah. No, I think, you know, if the whatever underlying metrics are there, I think, you know, there's certainly an indication that he'll have a bounce back season. I think he'll uh do quite well uh in the uh, blue jays bullpen and be one of their guys that he can that they kind of rely on yeah in 2022 he was pretty much like our number or inning eight guy like our setup man to jordan romano so i don't think there is any reason that he should uh regress any farther i think he can only go up from here yeah with the underlying uh metrics as jab talked about it is it um he he is right in the sense that the, the numbers are there and he just wasn't getting the recognition. And I think that comes strictly based on the fact that we picked up so many good guys in the bullpen, Jordan Hicks, you know, not, you know, included, um, that maybe he just didn't get the time to shine. But now, you know, with Jordan Hicks gone, us having to maybe uh, rely on some other guys in the bullpen, I think Jimmy Garcia is one of maybe the biggest bounce back candidates in the sense that I think he just finally gets used in higher leverage situations and uh and and is able to prove that he is one of the you know better arms in this bullpen well just looking at uh some of his stats like he had a ton more games than he's ever had in his career he had a lot more innings pitched than he ever had in his career and i think that's something we saw with eric swanson who was being just it seemed like he was going out every single game and then he got injured down the stretch obviously he didn't there was a few weeks where he had horrible numbers and it was just because he was overworked You can't be overworking these guys so early in the season. And it was interesting because our bullpen was already so good. There wasn't any reason to overwork him or give him career highs in innings pitch. So hopefully the Blue Jays staff can manage him a little bit better this upcoming season. For sure. And the, the, the sort of last breakout also, what a rebound player, whatever we want to call it, a guy is of course the guy that we're all praying to the good heavens that he can have a bounce back year. And I think he might be as well. And that's Alec Manoa. The guy had a minus 1.1 war last season, a 5.87 ERA, 87.1 innings pitched, uh, 61 runs given up. He had an 8.1 strikeouts per nine, 6.1 walks per nine, 1.5 home runs per nine. And like we've talked about with Alec Manoa, what he what he was losing last year was the strike zone. He was walking a lot of batters, and that was coming back to bite him because then the one the couple hits that he would give up would lead to that running, of course, increasing his ERA. And I think with Alec Manoa's work in the offseason, he looks a ton better. He looks stronger. He looks more confident. 
And the biggest component with Alec Manoa was, I think we've been debating this, but the pitch clock. The pitch clock seemed to really mess with him. And if he had an entire summer of being able to work with that, speed up his delivery, and I think honestly lose some weight, be able to be quicker on the mound, you know, even if it's just being in better shape, being ready to throw your next pitch, I think it it really contributes hugely to what Alec Manoa will be able to do this season. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Justin uh, first off, actually. How do you feel about that that analysis, Justin? Yeah, no, I think last year, uh, I mean, I think, you know, everything that could have gone wrong for Manoa did go wrong. I mean, it's kind of funny as given the uh, opening day uh, starting job and uh, what within a few weeks he was, you know, sent down or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, I think, yeah, he's what lost some weight in the off season. Looks like he's put the work in. I think he's uh, probably set for a big bounce back. I don't really know how it could get much worse. I mean, maybe he could be sent down to double A or even single A this year and get lit up. I don't know, but I guess kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm out in left field, and I guess if you can see my background, I kind of am. But do the Jays, is there any room for a guy like Alec Manoa in the bullpen? Because you were talking about kind of overworking guys. I know he's been a starter his whole career, but, I mean, is there kind of maybe a opportunity for a guy like him to uh, just kind of, yeah, be in the bullpen, kind of, you know, uh, maybe a reverse Aaron Sanchez from a few years ago. I remember he was originally in the bullpen, then they made him a starter. But no, I think, I don't know, kind of curious as to what your guys' thoughts are. Because uh, Blue Jays have, you know, the best starting rotation, I think, in all of baseball, or certainly one of them. So just kind of wondering. What yeah, you want me to take this are? one, Graydon? Yeah, yeah, you, you can go first. Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, hey, so with Manoa, like we did see UC Kikuchi obviously struggle last season or the season before, sorry, and he did get transferred to the bullpen. But that was, I think, a little bit of a different situation because Kikuchi has electric stuff. He's a left-hander that throws hard. With Alec Manoa, he threw such a hissy fit when he got um, dropped to AAA that if you had to have a conversation going or putting him in the bullpen, I don't think it would go that well. And just considering in 2022, he was a Cy Young finalist, I think it would be hard for Jays fans to swallow, to say the least, to see him just coming out of the bullpen. I don't really see that as a role for him necessarily. I think the talks in uh, spring training right now are that he's going to kind of be gifted this fifth starting rotation spot. But then there are talks about Francis, obviously Ricky Tiedemann coming up through the system. So there is a little bit of competition for him. But I would say no, probably not. We wouldn't see him out of the bullpen. I think if anything, they would maybe explore a trade if they don't like what they're seeing out of him. Because last year you sent him down in the Florida Complex League and he got lit up there. So I don't think it can get any worse than that unless we sent him to the Winnipeg Gold Dice. Yeah, he... Gay gets to see us from Emily Talent. No, uh, he... Uh, I, I I agree with, uh, with Carter in the sense of... It, just the Alec Manoa mentality is if he's not the best or if he's not being his best of what he sees, he gets very, very upset. And he, you can see it in him. And I think if, if we did make a move to a bullpen, um, I think like Carter said with you, say Kikuchi, you know, being able to come out and then in playoffs, maybe, you know, we're going to have to move some guys to the bullpen, but I don't even know. I, honestly, this is a, this is sort of an interesting conversation of, maybe later on down the season, but if we get into a playoff situation and Alec Manoa is that fourth guy, what do you do with him? 
And so I think in that sense, that's an interesting conversation to have in the regular season. Our bullpen's really good. I'm, I would hope that Alec Manoa bounces back and then maybe we don't have to have a conversation like this, but, uh, but I think moving forward to the later half of the season to see going into playoffs, at least that first round of playoffs of uh, what they would do if Alec Manoa would be that fourth uh, rotation slot. Yeah, that's a good point with the playoffs. I didn't really think about that. I think uh, at that point he would have to slot into that middle reliever role because that's just what every fourth starter does. Maybe if the Jays can actually win a wild card series, they will have a, uh, a four-man rotation. Because once you get uh, to the ALDS, ALCS, you have to start playing five-game, seven-game series. So you have to use more of your pitching. But at the same time, if I think if Alec Manoa is transitioning to the bullpen, you it's a completely lost season again. And then we really have to worry about Alec Manoa even being ready for the big leagues. Yeah, or if he's even going to be a part of this team moving forward. I'm, again, praying to God, and I, I honest to God believe that this is going to be a bounce-back season for him, and he will maybe not return to all his glory, but at least some of it. Um, but we do, there, there's been so much come out about spring training. We keep talking about these guys and how they look and, and you know, what we're seeing from them, what other people are seeing from them. We're getting quotes, seeing, you know, what even players think of themselves, and we're going to go over all of that right away. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams, quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I know I put down a bunch of NHL once a day. I said I was going to move into those FanDuel pre-made uh, same game parlays and they've been helping me I haven't lost since I've started doing that which is only two days so it's not that impressive uh, but hopefully I can continue that and hopefully uh, FanDuel's pre-made bets really help me and hopefully they help you guys as well I've been uh, going pretty hard on NHL but they have a ton of uh, NBA and, and going to be baseball one so it's going to be awesome uh, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA So we've talked a ton about spring training and, and um, you know, we've always sort of thrown them in at the end of episodes, but uh, I know Carter, you've had so much spring training stuff written down and banked because you've wanted to talk about it and things just keep piling up and we keep, you know, having to push stuff down. So uh, first of all, I know you got a ton of it. Why don't you just kick us off into gear with some of your, uh, some of your, the stuff that you have. I'm actually going to start with a question for Justin, and then you maybe, Braden, you're going to answer this as well. What specific storyline are you looking to follow this spring training? Um, I guess, um, you know, maybe for me, kind of, uh, kind of the same boat as Braden. Uh, I'm a, I was a David Schneider fan uh, last summer, and I'm kind of, kind of interested to uh, see maybe how uh, if he can earn a spot. Um, in the opening day roster this season, uh, as well as some of their younger guys too, like uh, Horowitz um, and Clemente. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll just be kind of interesting to see how those guys kind of integrate into the uh, team this year. Oh, it would be great to see some of our minor leaguers make a difference on this team. There are a bunch of players like Daniel Vogelback and Eduardo Escobar that have minor league deals. So this would kind of give the Blue Jays leeway if they like what they're seeing from a guy like Spencer Horowitz or Clement or even a guy like Aston Barger or Olis Martinez. Any of those guys that want to kind of punch into this lineup 
if they show out in spring training, why not start their clock early? I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you both. I think those that is going to be a big look, I think, for everybody, especially with Ricky Tiedemann uh, set to start Saturday. And uh, is it Addison Bart or uh, sorry, um, uh, Bowden, Bowden Francis, Francis is set to Sunday, start on yeah. Sunday. Um, so th- that's going to be really interesting to see uh, those guys and how they can perform in really their first big shot here at, at being able to start a game for this Toronto Blue Jays team. But the Davis Schneider thing, who's going to start second? Who's going to start where? That's been a huge point of uh, interest for us this whole offseason, debating it. We just had a whole episode on that yesterday of where guys are going to play this season. So I'm with Jap. That's uh, that's uh, that's 100% one of my top storylines to follow this offseason as well. Okay, one interesting thing I did see from around the diamond, actually, is the first one that I've seen. Maybe there are some more out there, but we have a projected lineup for the Toronto Blue Jays. So the first three, I think, are pretty cemented. There's not going to be a lot of debate. Springer, Bichette, Flatty, not really going to go into that too much. They have Justin Turner at four, which I love because he had a great season last season, a leader on this team, a guy that can drive in runs and has done it throughout his career. They have Alejandro Kirk starting over Denny Jansen. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's going to be very spring training oriented. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Kirk and Jano debate? I mean, I don't know. I'm... I'm a fan of Jano. Um, I think, you know, he's, yeah, I think you guys kind of touched on it um, maybe a few episodes ago, but he's definitely one of the most clutch hitters, it seems like, on the Blue Jays. It always seems like, you know, whenever uh, late in the game they need a, you know, a single score run or something like that, he's always kind of there to deliver. But I guess, you know, one thing with uh, Jano too is that um, for whatever reason, he's just injury prone and, you know, I I was never a catcher in baseball, but uh, I just don't understand last year how whatever he fractured his finger on that ball, like whatever. I I could I could rant about that for a bit, but you know I think uh, whatever. I think both of them are going to do well. I think it's going to take a mix of both of them this season, um, and I think uh, yeah, you know I just hope they can kind of both do well. Yeah, I, I again, hundred percent agree. Uh, he he sort of hit the nail on the head. Where it's it's, I think Jano is the more clutch hitter. Probably, I I honestly think he's he had a better season last year. That's what I'll say. Jano had a better season, but the fact is, is yeah, Jap hit it exactly. On, you know, nail on the head is that the injury problems, and so you know, Kirk is one of those guys that doesn't tend to get injured. So if it comes down Can't to pull it, muscle. Oh, you can't pull yeah. fat, pardon me. You can pull a muscle, you can't pull fat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I, if Again, if I had set my perfect lineup, I would have uh, Jano in there. But, again, who knows? Time will only tell. No, we definitely got into that rant about the Jano fractured finger and how he just had it wide open. It's like he was almost inviting an injury to happen. Should have that hand behind his back. But we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He has been very unlucky with injuries. This after Kirk and Jano in that fifth slot, this is where it starts to get interesting for me. So we just did an episode on us thinking that Kevin Biggio was going to start at second, but they have him starting at third and at the sixth spot in the lineup. Uh, obviously, a left-handed bat. Maybe they need that and kind of want to spread them out. But the only left-handed they have in here is they have Biggio and then they have Kevin Kiermeyer, which is interesting. Oh, they have Dalton Varsho as well. Sorry, Dalton Varsho. So there's three, but they have them all at the bottom of the order. Uh, how do you feel about Kevin Biggio starting at third? Um, I mean, it doesn't really feel like the Jays kind of have a 
definitive third baseman, right? It feels like they just kind of have like what five, six maybe infielders they have on their bench. Like I don't really see, you know, anyone maybe maybe someone will kind of take over that starting job, but I think, you know, I think just to start the season anyway, I think it's kind of going to be like, you know, whoever's kind of playing well, if that kind of makes sense. Um, I think, yeah, like uh, whatever, any, any other kind of, they got utility players. I think anyone can kind of yeah play third on any kind of given day. Yeah. And, and we talked, you hit the, again, nail on the head. It's it, that's exactly what we've been talking about is riding the hot hand, playing who you think can show up. And, uh, and and to be honest, if if Biggio playing third means we get Davis Schneider in the lineup over the sort of weaker bat in IKF, I'm I'm sort of all there for it. I, I think I, I we've seen Cavan be able to play decent third base before, and we know Schneider can play all over the field. So personally, I think it's weird. It's a little bit interesting. It's not maybe what we thought, but I'm sort of here for it. Yeah, unfortunately for you, Braden, this is a little bit off topic, but I just saw the Calgary Flames beat the Bruins in OT. So no. that's another one of your bets that has gone to waste. Oh. But, uh, it's not really changing too much for uh, the viewers here. He usually loses, and that's what happened in real time. So I'm going to get into uh, just some kind of AL East news. There's a lot of rumors that Blake Snell is going to the Yankees, and I that is like the last thing I wanted to see, especially since they got Juan Soto. Do they need a Cy Young winner? Probably, but I don't want him going there. So uh, anywhere but the Yankees, please. And one thing that we haven't really brought up for uh, specific reasons is Wander Franco with that whole situation. Uh, There's reports that his bank accounts have been seized because he breached the contract with one of his lawyers and he's also refusing to pay his lawyers for the work that they've been doing. But I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, Wander Franco is a horrible human being, to say the least. And I'm just going to leave it at that. We probably won't talk about him too much you, on this podcast. You, you know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to chime in a little bit here. All right. This is very. It, it's just upsetting as an entire baseball fan. You know, thinking that this guy was going to come up and be one of the pillars in the MLB, and to see him be such a scumbag of a human being. Um, it's it's just it's you really don't wish this on anybody. But they're doing the. It, he's doing it to himself. And it's, it's very upsetting because I remember playing MLB The Show video game and thinking, this kid's going to be nasty. And he could have been nasty and he threw it away. You know, and it's, it's frustrating when you look at guys who have the talent, who have the skill, throw it away because they want to, uh, well, I won't say it, but be, well, I'll say uh, be an idiot. That's what I'll say. Throw away their lives. Yeah, he is clearly has something wrong in his head just based off the quotes he said about the situation. And we're just going to kind of leave it at that because I don't want to talk about Wander Franco. The only plus side, I guess you could say, obviously horrible situation, but at least the Jays don't have to deal with them if there's any consolation prize, but we're not going to go there. Uh, one more thing I want to bring up is actually about Alec Manoa, another guy adding another pitch to, or testing it out at least in spring training. Alec Manoa is trying to develop a cutter, so I'm not sure how he wants to play off of that. I know he throws a fastball. It kind of breaks down and to the left. Maybe he wants it to, I'm not sure how cutters are thrown. Braden, you might be better off with cutters. As a right-handed pitcher, which way would his cutter be breaking? Be right to left, right? Yes. No. Yes. Le- yes. Right to left. Okay. Yes. So we kind of have. Sorry, this- I'm, I'm. You know, I got to do one of these sometimes with my left rights. Yeah, lefts and rights are tough. And you haven't pitched uh, since what? You broke your collarbone back in uh, in eighteen. There. Come on. Come on. I pitched after that. Give me. A- Come on. It's still filthy. Yeah. We still I mean, got to I- go on the diamond. That's what we'll do. Like maybe for some special. Because me and Carter have this bet going still that I that I could strike him out and he wouldn't be able to you know, put a ball in play. So 
Yeah, it would be tough to see uh, 60 miles an hour go by me. I've never seen that live pitching unless it's uh, Jevin Knight, the famous guy from uh, our hometown. Dude, I'm going to throw up my shoulder if I pitch to you probably now. It's going to just yeah. be, I'm gonna, or I'm going to need Tommy John after one pitch now. Yeah, there might be a few injuries uh, that day because we haven't, we play slow pitch in a, a beer league and so does Justin, but we can't say that we played live baseball in a few years for sure. And one more thing I just wanted to bring up is also about Alec Manoa. And he is throwing live, and right now it is very early in spring training, but he's sitting around 92 to 93 miles an hour with his fastball. Uh, Manoa was topping out, I believe, last year around 95. So for him, for him to be this ramped up this early, maybe he got a little bit more velo with his uh, off-season training. But uh, where do you expect Alec Manoa to sit in the regular season? And are you encouraged to see that he's already throwing 92 to 93 miles an hour this early on? Um. What sorry? What was his speed or whatever before? Or was that, uh, I believe it was talk? he averaged around like ninety three to ninety four miles an hour, somewhere in there. I okay. think it was closer to ninety four. Yeah, no, I think uh, again, it's certainly looked like he's put the work in in the off season. I think uh, that can only probably be a good thing for him, right? I think uh, you know if he can kind of yeah top out whatever ninety. Four, maybe 95 maybe 96 uh you know maybe he's not you know one of the uh maybe hardest throwing pitchers in the league but you know if he's got got a good mix of junk and he can place his pitches well i mean it's pretty pretty tough to beat yeah personally i'm not uh, i'm not a huge on i don't think alec manoa needs more speed i think he needs to locate his pitches so if he can do that Plus, adding on some speed, that's fantastic. Great for Alec Manoa. And I hope that's something he worked on and not just the uh, the speed of the pitch. Well, that's the thing with Alec Manoa. Is he was so good because his command was so unbelievable. But the good thing about velocity is that the harder you throw, the more mistakes you can make and get away with. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode. Spring training, uh, say we film this is Thursday, but it's going to come out tomorrow. That means there's one day until Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We get the Phillies. For our time, it's 12.07. That's central. So it might be a little bit, di- bit different depending on where you're living. I just wanted to say thank you guys for watching. Thanks for the, all the likes, subscribers, the support. We've been uh, loving it so far. And I wanted to bring up, just before we head out, our Locked On 24-7 streaming channel. Obviously, there is a ton of college sports on. The NHL is getting close to the trade deadline. The NBA is still going on. There's a few games left there, kind of getting down to the playoffs. So just go to our 24-7 Locked On streaming channel on YouTube and subscribe.